welcome to a new episode of UCU Campus Chats. Uh, my name is Kim Zwitserloot. I'm one of the lecturers at University College Utrecht. I teach economics here and I'm also a tutor. And I'm here today with a very special guest, my new colleague, uh, Emma Moyet. I will ask her in a moment to introduce herself. Uh, and for me, this is very special because Emma is actually also a UCU alumna. And when she was studying at UCU, I had the honor of being her tutor. So now being her colleague, very nice situation to be in. Um, Emma, could you maybe shortly introduce yourself? Thank you. Um, hi, everyone. So I'm Emma, Emma Mojet. Um, thank you, Kim, for this great introduction. And thank you also for inviting me to do this interview, um, to be part of the campus chat. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, my name is Emma. I was a UCU student in 2010 to 2013. And um, after that, I did a pre-master program mathematics and a master program history of philosophy of science and I'm currently a UCU tutor and instructor in the field of physics and I'm also finishing my PhD dissertation in history of science and humanities. Okay, uh, what course are you currently teaching at UCU? I'm teaching um, the energy systems and sustainability course which is a physics zero level so it's really about basic concepts in science to help um, well, students from all over uh, UCU to do uh, to think about sustainability issues in a like a from a science perspective as well. Yeah, okay. and I'll also be teaching the last five weeks of the wave phenomena course, um, which is a physics one hundred level okay. level one course. Yeah. Okay, and um, let me see, because you attended. You're originally from Friesland in the Netherlands, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Well, I was born in Groningen and then we moved to England for nine years. Mm -hmm. And when I was nine, I, we moved back to Friesland. Yeah. And how did you decide to uh, study at UCU? Well, um, I'm one of those classic cases of I couldn't choose. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I had a lot of different interests that I'd like to combine. I... Um, Whenever I would go to an open day on in maths or uh, chemistry, I would say, oh, I would miss not being able to do uh, history or not being able to do uh, Latin. Or um, So I, I really enjoyed that at high in high school to do such different uh, courses. And then when I came to UCU and the open day was amazing, it was such an open atmosphere, a very warm welcome. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed being on campus and it just felt right. So, and then I also learned about the curriculum, <laughs> which helped. Um, yeah, and that's how I decided that UCU would be the place for me. And in the end, I didn't even write a different application for another uh, university program. I just only <laughs> applied for UCU and uh, was very lucky to get in because otherwise I wouldn't have anything, but. <laughs> well, we were yeah. very lucky to have you. <laughs> And what did you study at UCU? Uh, I did a major in science. I did, um, I think, all mathematics courses and uh, some chemistry and physics courses. I finished the chemistry track. I don't think I finished the physics track in the end. Um, I, but I did do most of the courses. And I did a minor in humanities um, in literature and classics and a bit of history. Okay. And, and why physics and math? What is so fascinating about it? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I've uh, always enjoyed maths because it's, uh, 
I enjoy doing the puzzles and the <laughs> uh, and learning the the different steps. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's I always just enjoyed it most. I guess it's yeah. always fascinated me. The the well the puzzles make sense, right? Yeah, and figuring yeah. out how does this work. Well, at the same time, there's a pretty clear set of rules in a way. Yeah, yeah, and I never really thought of um, what I'd if I'd want to uh, have a job in maths or whatever. I just, uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting. <laughs> and um, is there like a particular class at UCU that you remember as, as being especially enjoyable or inspirational or? Uh, I mostly enjoy doing it with certain students so or like having classes with 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 friends um but uh oh i don't re i remember doing uh physical chemistry and really enjoying it like the combination of maths physics and chemistry was amazing mm -hmm. um i uh, i remember doing a project for uh classics which was about um uh, Newton's <laughs> book, <laughs> um, which in the end I also did my master uh, thesis about on. And then Newton's book, I mean, as a oh, like on the principle. Yeah, what's that about? <laughs> yeah, no, I did a, a an essay project already uh, at UCU uh, about the uh, about the Principia. Mm -hmm. and uh, Mathematica Naturalis Philosophia, yeah. uh, and. Uh, so in, in Utrecht, there's a copy of the first edition of uh, the Principia, and it's uh, been annotated mm -hmm. by a uh, Dutch, well, uh, mathematician, uh, amateur mathematician, you could say, because in those days, it wasn't very common to actually be a mathematician. Uh, from, so from the time, like, uh, contemporary to Newton, and I studied those annotations already at UCU. And then I, in the end, I went on to do my master thesis about those annotations as well. Okay. Um, so we're going to go deeper into that in a moment. When yeah, yeah great. Master. But what I would like to say is that it was um, those, those topics, those courses really like helped me to combine all the different interests that I had. So I really enjoyed those, making those combinations. And that's why those courses were so inspiring. And literature and the classics, where do they come in? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just a good combination. It's um, a completely different uh, method to, of studying, mm -hmm. uh, but it's still, yeah. I mean, especially classics, the doing translations is again, a kind of a puzzle with strict rules. So it kind of feels the same as, uh, doing maths puzzles in a way yeah no, um, yeah and um for literature it's just the the reading and the the yeah learning about that that yeah. I really enjoyed yeah what was like um is there a memorable book from that time that you remember reading in class that's Ooh, yeah. I remember reading beloved in my first literature course and it was just well wow it was really um an eye-opener that this kind of books also exist I don't know I was I was always very much a Harry Potter <laughs> and beloved by Toni Morrison approach yeah it was completely different I was like oh yeah <laughs> this is also a thing um 
and and in what way did that open your your mind to different types of literature is it the style or the content or yeah the i kind of it was kind of more mature literature in a way and um that's something that i learned at ucu i guess to also uh, enjoy that <laughs> yeah yeah and because uh, on campus, of course, you lived on campus as well, as all of our students do. Do you remember, were you involved in any on-campus activities? Uh, what, what was your time at UCU like living there? Oh, well, I was so lucky. I had the best unit um, to start off with in my first year. Mm -hmm. um, it was three first years and uh, two students who were actually graduating uh, that semester and a second year student. And we were just the best friends we were. Uh, already from the start we were just really close we'd um so that was really amazing and some of my like my best friends still are from the <laughs> that very first unit so we lived together for three years um the three of us the three first years and um that was just amazing was really really lucky and uh at, at camp on campus i participated in the uh, library co oh, so yeah. we opened a library yeah. at ucu mm -hmm. um, and uh, together with some friends we collected almost 1000 books yeah. at the end and we had a little room in voltaire and we actually ran a we ran a library there i think um, most of the books may still be there actually it's not made yeah. anymore in in any way but if anyone hears this and wants to start that up again that is still an option of course especially right now given this yeah definitely a library at UCU might be a nice idea yeah yeah I heard that it's still there and that um students sometimes come and pick up a book or put it back and that some of the uh, instructors who have their offices around there uh, actually clean up the library yeah. sometimes so uh, yeah that's awesome it's just uh, that we still have that collection of books it's really good yeah, so if you're wondering what that collection of books was about, that used to be a library and Emma was one of the founders. Yeah, <laughs> I was one of the first chairs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you were also very active in basketball at that time, right? Yeah, so we had a um, basketball team with which, with which we played the uh, USBF uh, practices. It was kind of like a tournament every week. Uh, on Mondays, we'd go to uh, play games against other teams. We we didn't really do any practices or anything. <laughs> or sometimes we would meet at the um, uh, court on campus, of course, um, to play a bit. But it wasn't very much uh, of a of a team team. Yeah. But it was just fun. It was like pick up games and yeah, 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 for relaxation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it really helps. Yeah. And if you look back at your time at, at UCU now, uh, how do you remember it? Um, I remember, so being a tutor now uh, <laughs> brings lots of memories back. <laughs> so I remember, of course, um, well, doing the courses and the, the work and the, um, well, also very inspiring, right? Being part of a, uh, the student body, which is just so diverse. Um, and very just very interesting but I also really remember just being so close to your friends um, and that's something that especially the first year after UCU I really missed just yeah. not being uh, not living with your closest friends anymore uh, and that they had gone to other countries and I stayed in Utrecht um, 
and yeah, that was something that was very special about UCU, the campus life. Yeah. yeah. And being able to, to start weird things like a library or <laughs> <laughs> be part of all the committees or that's really special about UCU. Yeah. Yeah. The freedom to really, if you want to start up an activity, that's pretty much just possible. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. And then after you, because you originally started with a pre-master in math, right? Yes. Yeah. So after UCU, I decided that I wanted to continue in maths. And um, to do that, because we didn't have anything like a double degree uh, like there is now in physics, um, I did do one off-campus course in maths um, during my time at UCU. Uh, but afterwards, I got in touch with the maths department and they told me that I should take some bachelor courses first to make sure that I was up to the right level of maths so that I could enter the master that I wanted to do, which was on algebraic topology. And um and geometry and uh so i did those courses um but while doing them i realized that um yeah the the maths puzzles only get you so far or are only interesting up to a certain point and after that i decided that i wanted to do a broader more uh, interdisciplinary really uh, kind of uh, kind of master program or research and that I really missed, well, like like I said, when I was choosing UCU, I really missed not doing the other courses, the other uh, side, looking at the other side of things. And I noticed that while studying maths, I would, uh, and studying a certain theorem or whatever, I would first have a look at who uh, thought of the theorem first and how it was developed and how um, that really came about. Yeah. And um, that's how my interest for history of mathematics actually was sparked. And um, I found a master program in exactly that, history and mm -hmm. philosophy of science. And then I thought, no, that's, that's more the direction that I'd like to go, uh, combining my <clears throat> maths, but also my interest for history and philosophy as well. Yeah. yeah. And then you're currently finishing up your PhD in, in the same direction, basically. Yeah. And it's about the interaction between different disciplines between yes. 1800 and 2000, and especially when it concerns disciplines where the boundaries aren't exactly clear. Yeah. You explain a little bit more about what that exactly is about. Yeah, yeah. So um, first, I, I used to always say that I was doing history of interdisciplinarity, but then I'd get into um, conversations about what interdisciplinarity actually is, <laughs> and which I didn't sound very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> So now I usually say that I look at the development of disciplines in the 19th century mostly um, and um, how, because in the 19th century you see this uh, development of how um, disciplines become more, um, well, um, separated. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you also see how the, uh, how there are still lots of connections between the disciplines. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm looking an at this tension. Uh, yes, so I looked at one case study was about um, statistics. And this is of course a method that's being used in so many different disciplines that I was quite um, intrigued. How did it get there? Um, what happens for it to be a method that can be used in, on so many different topics? Uh, so I looked at the history of statistics and statistical methods, and um, you see that it's developed in, well, first in astronomy and physics, and then it 
Um, but it's also developed in, in fields like botany. So I did a case study on statistics and botany. And botany? In, in what way do you use statistics there? Uh, yeah, so um, uh, scholars were looking at how uh, plants were developing and then especially in relationship to, for example, temperatures. Uh, oh, yeah. So they would um, correlate in a way or at least uh, calculate the average temperature at which, for example, a flower would uh, bloom or uh, leaves would start falling and then <clears throat> they would um, keep track of this over the years and use very simple uh, statistical methods like averages, <laughs> um, but also um, deviations from averages mm -hmm. and, um, and look at how uh, this differed for, for example, different places in Europe or even over the world, um, but also uh, different years or uh, yeah, different flowers. Okay. And that's how some statistical methods were actually developed a bit further. And um, then, yeah, I just look at how this, this spread happened. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's it sort of like it, it started in the sciences more or was it more like it was present in different subjects and then? Well, um, yeah, it's always difficult to say when something starts, um, but... Yeah. Uh, yes, I guess you could say it was developed in, in more like physics, uh, astronomy, mm -hmm. um, and it moves to uh, things like uh, botany, but also, in, of course, in the social sciences. So um, I look especially at a figure called Adolphe Quetelet, and he's a Belgian astronomer and statistician, and he uh, was involved in so many different uh, topics. Uh, he's basically all over the 19th century, yeah. um, but mostly he developed statistical methods uh, also for social statistics. Um, so he looks at um, how to calculate uh, things about populations or uh, specific groups and societies. Um, and he thinks he, he, so what he does is he uh, really wants to look, up, uh, look at averages and he uh, calculates something that he calls the average man. And um, that's basically an average of all different aspects like length and, um, but also um, whether they're, they have a tendency to be a burglar or okay. uh, <laughs> yeah. he, he gives everything numbers. And then he looks at how different influences uh, would influence uh, an average man. And he calls this, he, he makes it, um, a comparison between the average man and the center of gravity in, in astronomy. Mm -hmm. uh, so the center of gravity of, uh, of a body of a mass is the point at, on which all the forces uh, basically work. Um, so he, he sees the average man as the center of gravity for society. So he looks at how society, which is becoming more and more chaotic, right, through the 19th century, how it still abides to certain, in his eyes, statistical laws and regulations yeah. um, by looking at this average man. And that gives him stability. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's funny because it sounds so much like how economics operates. That we sort of assume that there is like a rational human being that will respond in a certain way and that there are national, natural laws for behavior. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so that's, uh, that's very similar indeed to what he does. Um, and um, 
And what is funny is when you read his his book on well social statistics mostly is it reads like a physics book uh, <laughs> because of yeah. these ideas of center of gravity and and mass and forces and laws. So uh, yeah, that's I think that's very funny. Okay. And because you cover quite a long period from 1800 to 2000, did things change over that period in terms of how different disciplines interacted? Yeah, so actually, more separate, I guess. But... Yeah, in the end, I, I didn't go into the 20th century that much. <clears throat> so I, uh, I think the latest is like 1930s that I looked at. Um, <clears throat> but what you especially see is how uh, uh, disciplines start to organize themselves, uh, also internationally. Um, uh, become more institutionalized, um, but also, um, well, some have have ideas about what a professional discipline uh, looks like. So um, scholars are not long, no longer like amateurs or just um, doing things for fun, but they actually, uh, it's their profession, it's their work to uh, be part of that discipline. And, and, and how does that change then? How are the expectations different if you're a professional versus an amateur? Well, a big difference is, for example, that not everyone can join in with the discipline anymore. Yeah. So a good example is botany again, um, because it used to be a discipline where uh, a lot of people would contribute um, with uh, observations on plants or weather or um, well, whatever. And um, this changed due to um, the rules becoming stricter for these observations. So you had to have certain in, you had to have certain instruments, but also do certain calculations. Um, and that, well, that made it more difficult to join in. Um, and in the end, uh, you had, you see that as the disciplines organize um, congresses and conferences at which they discuss these methods and instruments and ideas for their discipline um, and at the people who are allowed to go to those conferences are only uh, are the people who decide and hence the people who will be um, the professionals basically yeah. um, and those are mostly uh, white male <laughs> middle-aged upper class yeah uh, people yeah I imagine you needed to have money I mean yes. to, to buy all those instruments exactly but also you needed to have the right network dress in yeah. a certain way talk in a certain way um, and that yes thing. and that's uh, that's definitely different um, in the 18th or early 19th century yeah um, yeah it's this thing where something once it gets taken more seriously it, be, it often closes down for yeah for certain yeah. groups of people because um, how has the process been like of writing a PhD? Why did um, you decide to do a PhD? Maybe that's the first question to ask. Oh, yeah. So the master I did was a research master and it was uh, one year of courses and one year of own research. So I already kind of got a taste of what it's like to actually do a, well, a big research project. And um, I thought it was fun and it, uh, yeah, I liked the, the way of working. Um, so yeah, it was quite logical to see if I could just yeah. to apply, see if I would, would be, uh, accepted or, um, yeah. And, uh, I was, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah, it was just an interesting topic. It really fits with my, uh, background, of course, of being an, uh, interdisciplinary student myself. Um, 
And I thought, yeah, why not? <laughs> I'll try it out. And um, the process of writing, yeah, it's it's been uh, four years. Oh, I've been working on it for four and a half years now. And first, it's just all uh, reading and uh, attending conferences, um, uh, sharing your work with other other people, which I really enjoyed. Um, and now the last couple of years, or last year, I should say, has been mostly writing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and as any UC student working on the thesis knows, that can be quite a frustrating process <laughs> yes. at times. At times, yeah. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, I had a luck, I was very lucky that I had great colleagues around me, so um, that was really good. Of course, the corona pandemic didn't really help in that sense, because um, it started when I was doing an especially difficult chapter, mm-hmm. uh, and then would have really benefited from um, working together with my colleagues and just, you know, uh, sharing work, sharing first ideas. Yeah. Because sharing in on Zoom or Teams is always such a formal event, right? Uh, you yeah, actually have to have something sure. on paper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, so yeah, that, that's something I, I was lucky to have for three whole years. And then I really missed when I didn't have it. Yeah. Because if you look at both your master and your PhD, were you working mostly with people who also have an interdisciplinary background? Oh, no, that really, uh, um, well, no, it really um, differed. Um, And do do you see a difference between, because of course you had this very UCU type background, lots of different disciplines, very interdisciplinary. Um, But of course, there are also people in those fields who just did a full bachelor in biology or a full bachelor in chemistry or physics yeah so especially in my master I did see that because um well first you had to do these actual history courses and for some more sciencey students that was quite weird because they had to read lots of books and papers and uh, that was something they weren't used to um but also a bit of the historical way of thinking um was something that that we had to get used to in the first months, also me actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you also realized that students who had done more history um, bachelors or um, humanities bachelors, I should say, uh, that they struggled with the science yeah. <laughs> part of the history of science master. So um, yeah, it is good to have an idea of what your historical actors are actually talking about or to at least be able to put them in context um, of modern science, for example. So yeah, it was very convenient that I had had already tasted a bit of both. Because how would you compare the two? If you say like, this is sort of like typical for humanities and this is typical for science, how do they compare? Uh, I think that's quite difficult because um, the humanities disciplines are also very diverse and so are the science disciplines, but... um, if you look at the ones that you're familiar with, sort of history, classics, literature. Yeah, well, um, what I'd say is that, of course, it's uh, more about texts on the one hand and more about problem solving. And um, yeah, on the other hand, maybe actually coming up with uh, definite proofs and answers mm-hmm. would be more something in maths and physics or at least being able to give an answer to something and in history and literature 
well, my professor would say, uh, you have to make everything more complex. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Just give nuances. Uh, yeah. Make it, um, yeah. Um, that's a big difference, I think. Uh, you're not really looking for an, an answer. You're you're just looking for a development or a a a, a general picture mm -hmm. or a nuance to something or a, yeah. Would it be more interpretation, maybe or yeah, maybe yeah. That's of course the the standard way of of saying it that it, it's it's uh, interpretation versus uh, uh, proving. Um, but. I, I, yeah, I think it's quite difficult because it really yeah. depends on your research, the research you're doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and what field you're in and everything, of course. Uh -huh. So, you know, you've been at UCU for nine months now, something like that, seven, eight? Yeah, since August, like, yeah. Since August. Um, how has it been to be back? How has it been to be <laughs> on the other side? Yeah, so actually it's been wonderful. I mean... Um, after working on my own ideas for four years, it's just so great to work with students again in, in, as a tutor uh, and to have that kind of relationship with, with students. It's really amazing. But also being on UCU, uh, on UCU campus again is just so, yeah, it brings back a lot of memories. It's, it feels um, really like a, uh, a welcoming, it's a, such a welcoming environment. I was very excited to learn about how close the tutor team is and that it's actually a, a great group of, of colleagues. And um, that's something I really enjoyed. And yeah, uh, just working here is, yeah, it's something that is really brings back lots of happy memories and it's great. Yeah. Is there anything that uh, stood out for you when you were working with students, something that you noticed or something that surprised you or reminded you of your time at UCU? Oh, lots of things reminded me of, of, of my own life as a student here. Um, but <clears throat> I guess, though, of course, the student body has changed a lot. I mean, also UCU has changed from uh, 10 years ago, of course. In what way? It should. Um, but it was still, I don't know, I just uh, sometimes... I would have a discussion with a student and think, oh, I think I had this same discussion with one of my friends. <laughs> or yeah. I remember this problem from um, when I was a student. So it's not, it's not that different. Yeah. And in, also, in, um, in what way has it changed? Um, what I really think is very good and now a bit more serious note is how much, how much more... Um, attention is being put on the fact that actually studying at UCU is quite tough as well, that uh, living on campus is not always easy. Um, and I think it's great that there are way more, well, also committees like student-led mm -hmm. uh, initiatives about well-being, student well-being and um, looking after yourself, but also from UCU itself, like that the Student Life Office is, uh, well, more established than when I was mm -hmm. uh, a student and more prominent and open about like problems you can face. And I think that is something that really changed uh, from when I was a student. Um, yeah. And I yeah. think that's really good and very uh, important as well. Uh, what has also changed is that there are more options for, uh, well, for example, for science students, but also mm -hmm. for the double degree in law and the double degree in physics to combine 
uh, liberal arts and science education with a more specific track. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a, I've always been a bit in two minds if that's a good development or not, but I think it is, especially for something like physics and law. I can really understand why uh, that is a good option. Yeah. Um, and uh, it also really still um, holds on to the, the benefit of liberal arts and science as well. Yeah. Um, that's something that's really changed. Well, this semester has been very different, of course, because of uh, everything being online. Yeah. Um, but that's not really a fair comparison. <laughs> no. And, and what's the same? Um, I think just in general, the interests of students, the um, the type of students in a way is, is very similar. Uh, how would you describe a typical UCU student? Or typical, is this tricky word to use? Yeah, that's very trickle, tricky. Um, Oh, you just have the, the same <laughs> kind of, it's a, it's still a mix, right? So it's very diverse still. Um, and some students are more like, like I was a bit um, quiet, um, uh, just trying to work hard. Uh, and some are more... Uh, 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 <laughs> In the bar every day. <laughs> participating very actively. Um, I mean, in the class I'm teaching now, it's you have the same. Uh, there's there are the students who um, just uh, always answer every question uh, that you ask, and others who would send an email or yeah. uh, be more uh, active in that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I can't really describe what the typical student is without yeah. coming into stereotypes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's always the tricky part. Um, we should mention, of course, it can be very challenging to live on campus and you yeah. see it can definitely be a bit of a pressure cooker. Definitely. Um, having lived through it yourself, what advice would you give current UCU students? Um, I guess um, that everyone is going through the same uh, thing, the same situation, right? And that um, students have been going, doing that for well, more than 20 years now. Yeah. Uh, there have been first years and second years and third years, all those years as well. And so to just talk about it with other students and then you'll see how your experiences are matched um, with others as well. Yeah. I think that would be my advice to remember that you're not alone in the, yeah. in whatever situation. Yeah. Yeah, and feel free to open up to fellow students as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In order to not feel alone, you of course also yeah. need to yeah. show your vulnerability. Though, though that can be very difficult. Yes, it can be very difficult. But I think UCU has a, a good support system, right? If you don't want to open up to your friends, mm -hmm. then you can also have you also have your tutor or even the student life office or um, I mean, there's or the, yeah or the peer uh, student yeah the student peers. I don't yeah. what's the official name for that. Um, peer mentor mentors or something like that. There is an official name for it. Um, okay. There's a psychologist at the UU as well, of course. If you yeah. Are a professional, yeah. yeah, there's a lot available. Okay. Is there any, any final thoughts uh, that you want to share? Uh, well, I think uh, working at UCU is just a very, it's a, 
very inspiring uh, environments there you're you're working with students are who are super interesting mm -hmm. <laughs> they have they make the greatest combinations between disciplines um, and and their own interests and uh, I think that's awesome and uh, something that I really yeah I'm really enjoying and appreciating again like after being a student and being inspired by my fellow students now also as a working with students who are also yeah. very uh, inspiring um, yeah that's definitely something that I hadn't really realized and now I'm just starting to uh, realize it ever more yeah working here yeah yeah, I completely recognize that. It's it's a pretty fascinating, interesting, cool bunch yeah. of people. Yeah. Quite unique to have that all together in one place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Um, and yeah, some of, of the people who are listening to this may have you as their teacher or tutor at some point, of course. Um, so yeah, I hope this uh, helped them also get to know you a little bit. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> all good all good <laughs> yes well thank you very much thank you kim